quietness and confidence. Isaiah 30, 15. I'm sitting at my desk in my shed behind my mother's house. This is the place where I rest, I work, I worship, and I reflect. But across from me, I see a graveyard. Earlier, I was running live stream for work, and every once in a while, I'll look up, and I only have in my view a graveyard. Well, today's live stream was a homegoing service, another graveyard. All around me was death. Yesterday, when I sat at my desk, I heard a loud cry, a loud heartbreaking no. I looked up and I saw a young man crying out loud at the graveyard. It sounded like the cry from someone that lost a close relative or sister, brother, friend, son. I hated to hear the sound of it and I wanted to just embrace him. And I did from afar, sympathizing with the stranger. Today, as I visited the essential conversations with Sarita Jakes, all of that talk sunk into my spirit. It was a conversation with men for women that love them, talking about how we must have compassion and grace and mercy on each other. We must show the same mercy and compassion that we show our lovers to our brothers, our fathers, our friends, and importantly, to ourselves. One of the wise men in the group spoke up at the very end and calmed the storm of conversation with these words, quoting Isaiah 30, 15, and quietness and confidence shall be your strength. This verse around it um, also said rest will be your salvation. In the repentance or the rest or the returning, we're saved. We find a saving grace. Coming back to that place is what keeps you safe. Just the other day, I heard very clearly, return to the sheepfold. My question is, where is my sheepfold? Where is my safe pasture? When I go to the pasture, I still feel sometimes unwanted and maybe out of place. I honestly am not sure how to posture myself other than lowly. I am a bondservant with Christ, sent into this world to finish his work with my life. Many days I don't know which way to go because it feels like something is blocking the view or the door, the elevator. Maybe it's me, the perspective that I have. Well, in Isaiah, he's writing a letter to Israel, the chosen people of God, to tell them to go back the other way, to not depend on Egypt. He was warning them that along that Egypt along with its own help would be destroyed. In this context today, Egypt may be the place that you were just delivered from. Your idols, your old thinking, your old habits, your wounds, your bondage, your fears. Egypt can be the place of your unraveling when you became undone, when you realize who you were. And maybe you even reacted in Egypt. Egypt was a place of dependence for God's people. God's words through the prophet Isaiah is, will you return to him? The Egyptians you looked for for consolation, comfort, provision, and guidance will be destroyed and their help too if they do not repent and return to me. Elijah's 
words were similar. How long will you waver between two opinions? If God is God, serve him. But if Baal is God, serve him. Maybe God is making a very clear distinction in this season between good and evil, between idols and his worship, where he's asking what masters will we serve? Will we depend on the world system? Will we kneel to the world's golden caps? That calf and its foundations upon which it stands will be shaken and as we see is shaking and anyone standing near it or kneeling will be destroyed let alone standing in the middle will fall through the cracks of the groundbreaking foundation shaking whoa was my response just like isaiah whoa trembling fear gripped me as i read through this and studied and pondered it Afraid to look down, not sure what I would see under my feet. What ground was I standing on? What pastures was I kneeling in? Did I miss the mark? Much like this next king of Assyria in the next chapter that boasts about the plunder that he made over Judah. That God's command to him was to destroy and he went and destroyed and then got puffed up and God's very word after that was those who destroy will be destroyed and those that betray will be betrayed his words was I heard you I heard you Assyria I heard you being arrogant in your victory when I did this I gave you the victory back to 30 and 15 he said in quietness and confidence it'll be your strength Maybe the king of Assyria got so excited he got too loud with his victory and his shouting. He sent a message to the king Hezekiah, shaking all of his confidence in his God that would deliver him. And quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. In context, where's your strength? Where's your confidence? Are you putting it in God for your deliverance personally and for your family or your nation or a promise or a job or a healing? Are you looking to man to do that? Or are you looking to God to provide you with everything you need and the timing that he has promised that it'll come? God said to the king uh, of Assyria, How long will you boast before I shut your mouth, basically? (laughs) The king of Assyria told Hezekiah, this word through his servant, his chief of staff, and taunted him because they were under the house of Pharaoh. The king of Assyria says even the Pharaoh himself is unreliable. In chapter 36, he says he's completely unreliable. And they were threatening Jerusalem. But what did Hezekiah do? Hezekiah turned his face and sought the help of God. This very king of Assyria that was sent to 
destroy and overthrow this land, sends a message, stirs up confusion. God's response to Assyria was humble yourself. God's response to Hezekiah was I'll add years to your life. God was on both sides of the war. That's why in confidence and in quietness, returning back to God, returning back to the place of worship, returning back to God's peace, returning back to God in what he's shown you, returning back to God. And what happened, God told the Assyrians, I'm going to send you right back up the road that you came to travel here. That blew my mind. This young king got arrogant. Hezekiah was still a man of God, a man of prayer. And God told him that he would would uh, would heal him, that he would give him extra years on his life. And he did. And why is this important? Because humility is the most important thing when you are coming into power, when you're coming into leadership or rulership, when life is shifting into a whole new season and dimension. Humility is crucial. Humility will make even your enemies your allies. Humility is crucial. Humility is what allows the wealth of the wicked to be placed in the hands of the upright and the righteous. Before you can walk the long road, you must submit yourself to the heart and the instruction of God. Even when you're instructed to judge or tear down or overthrow with a prophetic decree or a prophetic calling or act, in our frail humanity, we will fail and slip if we don't watch our steps, if we don't watch our words, if we don't watch our attitudes and our thoughts and our heart postures. David was the man after God's own heart. But just like this king of Assyria being sent and asked, do I pursue? As he pursued, he got the victory. But I'm sure when they got back to camp, celebrating the victory, boasting that they recovered all, there may have been words that came out of his mouth, thoughts that came into his mind with just this temptation to boast. And God, I'm sure, quickened his heart to say, David, don't forget in quietness and confidence is your strength because that wasn't the last battle that David would have to face because David's heart is noted being close to God. We don't know that about the, the heart of this king. We don't know that about the heart of Assyria, but we know that the heart of David was close to God and God positioned him to a place where he knew to go back to return to this place of worship. Worship is crucial because it brings us low. It brings us before the ultimate king of kings. It brings us before the Lord that directs the attack and the Lord that directs the deliverer. And all of this today just says to me to stay humble before you stumble because pride always comes before the fall. Yeah, yeah, seek first, seek first, kingdom, yeah, yeah, seek 
first, seek first the kingdom and the rest will follow forevermore. Seek first the love of God, seek first the heart of God, seek first the will of God and the rest will follow See first the will of God. See first the love of God. Seek first, seek first the kingdom, yeah. Seek first, seek first the kingdom, yeah. Seek first, seek first the kingdom, and the rest will follow.